everyone, and welcome uh, to another edition of Photography Art Podcast, a, a podcast that's tinged with a little sadness today. Um, we are actually recording on uh, Friday, the 9th of September, which is the day after that we heard the news of the passing of Her Majesty the Queen Elizabeth II. Um, we're not going to talk about too, too much about it, uh, but we did think it would be uh, appropriate to discuss some of our favourite images of the Queen. Um, and um, also, um, obviously, I'm joined here today, as usual, with Cam. Um, but we've also got um, a guest on today. Um, it's uh, Christine Mat Metamaya. Um, sorry, I'm going to take me a while to get that right. I'm sorry, Christine. <laughs> Just call me Mitty. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, and obviously, um, uh, uh, Christina from um, currently in uh, California, uh, not California, Canada. Um, and we just thought we'd uh, share some, you know, um, views, anecdotes, maybe or something that you might feel about the the, the, the conversation. But uh, but yeah, so it's it's a strange one. Um, Cam, how did you feel about it when you heard the news? Yeah, well, um, it wasn't I wasn't surprised. You know, we knew that she'd been unwell, but mm. it still comes as a shock when we know that, uh, you know, she's passed away because, uh, you know, for 75 years, you know, she's been the monarch and uh you know we've now got to 70, get used, yeah we've now got to get used to saying you know god save the king rather than god save the queen you know so all our banknotes are going to change as well exactly that's right yeah so the stamps and, and lawyers are now not going to be qc but they're going to be known as casey's you know from queen's oh uh, yeah that's okay. right yeah, yeah exactly yeah so there's gonna be a lot of change that we've got to get used to here yeah uh, and the world's going to get used to as well but um we just thought as Christine has joined us as a guest and Christine is going to be talking at the forthcoming photography show and video show to give yep. it its full name at the NEC in September. And um, Christine is uh, one of the headline masterclass speakers. And uh, so we'll talk about a little about that tickets and things uh, for that at the end as well. But we thought it would be good to have Christina just in on the chat. So welcome, Christina. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Cam and Mark. It's wonderful to be here and uh, my sincere condolences to um, your country for the loss of your monarch. Um, if nothing else, she was a working woman and she worked for 70 some years. So yeah. that is something to be in awe of and just, you know, marvel at her legacy. Yeah, so. that's right. Yeah. And now, you know, we're not, we're not going to go down the route of whether people are, are royalists or not, but let's, let's yeah. acknowledge the fact that she was one of the most photographed people of all time, you know, yeah. in, we'll go down the history. Her, her life was documented on film uh, and and camera, you know, more than you know, probably any anyone else. You know, mm. we've spoken in the past, haven't we, about great people in front of camera and that type yeah. of thing. Uh, you know, and uh, you don't get much better than the Queen. I'm, but you know, I'm you're gonna you're gonna get. And, and, and her life is tied to the history of photography in a way, right? I mean, yes. the pictures of Her Majesty were probably made in Rolleiflex one one twenty film, and today, you know. Yeah. <laughs> With the advent of um, mirrorless and digital, she's photographed more than she was photographed more than ever. Exactly, yeah. that's right. Yeah, and then you know you've got classic photographers. Cecil Beaton was a uh, you know classic royal photographer, and then you had Lord Snowden, of course. Um, mm. So you know you've got you know iconic photographers that have been involved in in producing iconic images of the Queen. So what's what's your favorite image of the Queen, Cam? Well, I was I don't know whether I'd say I've got a particular favorite image of the Queen, but images that I think have been quite poignant in history. And I think the one that stands out is the one where her husband, the Duke of Edinburgh, when he passed away, was it, I can't remember whether it was last year or the year before. And obviously it was during COVID and she is then sat 
on her own because of COVID in, uh, in Westminster Abbey uh, in black wearing a mask as well. And it's a very, I, it's a very lonely picture. She's just lost her husband, but she doesn't have anyone there that to, to you know, to, to sort of comfort her, comfort her, whether she needed it or not. I don't know. She's a very strong woman, but she's still very emotional. Um, you know, but to have somebody's hand to hold at that moment is, I would think, is very important. You know, whether it's, it's a very, a, very sad picture. Yeah, it yeah, is. But, and it's also a picture of that time as well. I mean, it was such mm. an upheaval that time. And to go through a loss as well. I mean, I know a few people who lost people over that time and couldn't go to funerals or, you know, couldn't allow certain people to go. And even the Queen, you know, had to go through that. And yeah, it's a very powerful image. Beautiful too, you know, all the little lights and then mm. a playoff with her black hat. Mm. It's a pretty composition, very yeah. sad. Yeah. You know, and, and the royal family didn't break protocol then. They didn't have a, you know, they weren't, they were only able to have a certain number of people there. And they, and, and they, and I think that they stuck with that. So, you know, for that reason, you know, rather than having, as I said, having a favorite picture, I think that's the one that, that sticks out in my mind, uh, you know, that, that, that I remember. Mark, you're, you're obviously based in family portraits, aren't you? So you've, you've... yeah. Well, there's one that I think it was actually um, the Duchess of Cambridge that took this one um so that you can tell there's a familiarity between the photographer and obviously the subjects in this uh, i love this one because it's it's very casual for, for the royal family i guess you know uh, it just looks like um you know a a, a normal family as such um uh, we are going to pop these on our social medias if um, our listeners want to see these pictures that we're talking about but you know they're, they're pretty much down dressed for the royal family and it just looks like, you know, any any grandparent in, in any country around the world with their grandkids. Mm. And that's why I really like it. I think it's lovely. Yeah, it's and a, a very warm picture. It's lovely. Mm. Yeah. And Kate's a really keen photographer. She does. I think she shoots the uh, sort of official picture, shall we say, that are released of, of her yeah. children, um, which is really nice to see, actually, that, uh, that, that she does. And, and they're very relaxed, very modern. And I think that's the way that the wars are sort of wanting to project themselves as well as being sort of you know certainly being aware of what's happening out there with you know with everyday people so um... and also the things I like about it are the fact that it's not a perfect picture I think you know you look at some of the kids they're not looking at the camera yeah. you got one child who's kind of pulling a little face and someone's waving when they probably shouldn't be and and obviously doing what I do I take pictures of families all the time and any family photographer will probably be listening to this and go yeah that, that happens all the time and you've got it mm. and it, i don't know it just adds to the reality of family yeah. photography and the realism yeah. of this picture i think you know what yeah. catches my eye in this picture is it an elk in the background there the little stuff? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. her yeah. majesty loved nature and she loved animals and the photographs of her with the corgis are always the ones that makes me make me smile yeah. And I do yeah. hope because the monarchy has played such an important role in, you know, being champions for nature mm. uh, that, that I hope King Charles uh, carries on that tradition to the fullest. Yes, I, th I, I agree. Think, I yeah, agree. I think he definitely will. I know he's very heavily involved in, uh, in, the, in the natural world, shall we say, and certainly even with architecture as well, he's very involved. Uh, yeah. in that type of thing so he certainly speaks for the for you know for for, mm. for the good shall we say and um, also and just on that um just expanding on what uh christina was saying i, I was i listened to an interview with someone who was in the because she was massive into her race horses and all that and this person said um if she wasn't the queen she would have been an expert in the race horse industry <laughs> yeah. because she just knew everything apparently yeah. so um yeah yeah and then I think, animals. 
Yeah, mm -hmm. and then the last one that I just want to touch on was the very last photo that was taken. Um, uh, that was taken of her. Oh, I didn't uh, put that um, one on there. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll put that up on social media. Where, where, yeah. and I think it was taken a couple of days ago because obviously we've got a new prime minister here that was announced. Uh, a couple yes. of days ago and the new yeah. prime minister went to meet the queen to be officially sort of uh you know um handed the role of being prime minister and uh there was a photographer that um a scottish photographer that took that photo and she was saying that um uh that she was a joy she was she was very happy uh she was full of a lot of smiles uh very easy to work with she did look very frail um but that. I think well, what a what a way to go, Cam, to work until the last day of your yeah. life and just be extinguished like a candle yeah. without much drama or calling mm. attention to herself, just like she was, right? Yeah. She's an yeah. extraordinary yeah. woman. Yeah. But the history of her life has been documented and it's our history as we you know, as as, as we remember it, you know. Uh, and ours as Canadians as well, you know. Of course. The, of course. Yeah. The, yeah. the Queen is beloved here. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, just in Trudeau's um uh, what he said, his speech about it was 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 lovely, actually. So uh, yeah, so good stuff. Okay, so Christina, let's. <laughs> should we? Um, oh, oh, actually, there's on. one more actually. Oh, yeah. Which, which isn't actually a photo. Let's just finish no. on here, Mark. That you yeah. that you looked at, didn't you? Which yeah. Is, so amazing. it was during the jubilee, I think it was, when she did this sketch with Paddington Bear, and I don't know, Christina, if you saw that or not. I, uh, I saw it, and uh, you know, I love Paddington Bear. My children. Yeah to you know love it when they were little and this is just so so dodgy yeah again i know it's just so wonderful isn't it and this was actually by an, not a professional art well i don't know she might be but she just did it and put it online is that eleanor tomlinson and um apparently she just got inundated with requests for a copy of this this sketch um and it's based on that video which obviously links to what we do but i just thought it was a beautiful image so it is that's why i like it <laughs> It is. It's the human behind the personality mm. that is so touching. Mm. It's yeah, right there. Absolutely. So, brilliant yeah. stuff. Okay. So, Christina, uh, you are, uh, I'm going to read this out. You're a photographer, a conservationist, a biologist, and author, as well as a marine biologist and activist who pioneered the concept and field of conservation photography. Yeah. So, what do we mean by conservation photography? It's the, it's the purpose behind the images, Cam, is that uh, loving nature and making beautiful images of nature is not enough. We have to use those images to advocate for the protection and conservation of the things we love in nature. And so uh, there's great examples of amazing conservation photographers that have used their photographs as ambassadors, as flagships to sway policy, to create legal frameworks for nature protection. And it is a powerful tool. So I just wanted to distinguish it from nature photography, which can be anything from, you know, photographing flowers to clouds, you know, to yeah. the actual purpose and uh, activism behind uh, the protection of nature. And yeah. I'm interested as well, because obviously on your, on your website, I mean, it's a, it's an adventure con uh, conservationist and, and all this. And then did you, did you go out and thinking, yeah, photography is what I want to do? Or is it that you, you have this sort of um, agenda seems like a dodgy word, but you know what I mean? You, you have this thing you want to push um, and you just felt that photography was the right tool to, to do such that. A, such a great question, Mark, because that's been the, the, the struggle of my life. I 
I don't remember when it was, you know, as a little girl, probably you remember those first photographs of Earth from space. Yeah. And to me, it was just like, oh, my God, we live in a, in a spaceship that's carrying us across the universe. And I immediately felt like a passenger of the spaceship. And I, mm. I knew that, you know, it has everything that we need to survive and we need to take care of it because we have nowhere else to go. <laughs> we yeah. have nowhere else to get our food and water from. So I think for me, it was always like that. And, you know, I actually asked that same question uh, to another great woman, uh, Jane Goodall. And I think uh, she's another one of those iconic figures, right? And, mm -hmm. and she said to me, I don't know where that lifelong connection to nature and the, the urgency to protect it comes from for some people, uh, mm -hmm. because it was the same for her. But I think for me, it was books, Mark. I think it was okay. books that got me into this path of adventure. No, and I started as a scientist. I I felt like, you know, if you're going to fly a spaceship, you better understand it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and if you can make the case for how things work, then me, maybe other people will care about it too. But science is a very difficult language for most people to understand. Yes, I'm one of those people who find it very difficult. <laughs> it's difficult, you know, and once you start spewing facts, people just glaze over and they don't want to yeah. know. Yeah. But um, I stumbled upon photography by accident. I was uh, helping a friend of mine who's a photographer make a book about nature in Mexico. Okay. Yeah. And um, he didn't speak English very well, so he asked me for help translating. And then he invited me to the event where the book was unveiled. And I remember people browsing through the pages of that book, and they were not reading the science. They were looking at the photographs. Mm. And because you know, photographs are so relatable, we feel comfortable asking questions about what's happening in the picture. And that first dialogue is critical to engage people in in the workings of our little spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I, I thought to myself, wow, I mean, this, this is it. It's photography, uh, the way that we engage more people. Yeah. And after that, did you, were you, were you sort of like, sort of dove straight into the photography world you know learning all about you know what how do i do it and the the, the aesthetically and technically and and how did you find that oh mark i mean i'm sure you remember the first time you held a camera and you looked oh, at yeah. style and you were like oh well, how does this work i was very naive i i didn't didn't understand but I'm, I'm a good student you know i've always been studio so i enrolled in a class in washington dc at the corcoran college for the arts okay. and it was just photography 101 and i thought oh surely you know this is where i'm gonna learn how to use the camera yeah. but that's not what the class was about of course it was uh, more about you know the history of photography and the yeah. underpinnings of, of the wet lab and really important things to learn as a photographer mm. it um it became apparent to me and this is the beginning of of the internet way back when the uh, and books you know the, the the workings of the camera were easy to learn it's all the other stuff about photography that has been a lifelong journey mm. but yeah i dove i dove in <laughs> okay. okay i want to come back on to uh, a little bit about the, the the study of photography that you did that but um going back to and is and getting you onto the show which is uh, on, on onto our show which is great because we're supporting partners of the photography show as well so um, that was why we wanted to invite you on and you're going to be speaking on Saturday 17th of September uh, yeah. I think is the second day of the show um, and just so everyone knows that you're on between 1.15 and 2.30 um, uh, yeah is that right yeah. so if you want a seat yeah, that's <laughs> right. we, yeah we're going to put all the details out don't worry now your talk is titled enoughness uh -huh. And the description on the uh, on the photography show that they're putting out says, with passion, conviction and a zest for life, illustrated by award winning images and film, 
Christina will share the hard-won wisdom she's gleaned from documenting the far reaches of our planet and its people for decades. So without giving too much away of what you'll talk about is at the photography show, as an overview, what do you think photographers are going to find particularly interesting in, in coming in and listening to what, you know, into your talk? You know, Cam, photography is so big. And I think as photographers, we remember our first steps into the craft, right? And I mean, when I realized that photography can be industrial photography, or you can do real estate photography, aerial photography, mm. people specialize. I wanted to be a wildlife photographer. I love animals. I love nature. And I really imagined myself out there with Art Wolf or Franz Lanting photographing the jungle. But I had children at home, so I couldn't do that. And it was um, that that what is it, limitation in a way, that set me off on this other path of photographing. I was a portrait photographer, Mark. I had a business oh, uh, way yeah. in the beginning, photographing families in, in <laughs> Virginia where I lived. And that's how I made money to buy more equipment. But what mm -hmm. I really, my opportunity came from photographing indigenous people. My ex-husband is an anthropologist and he traveled all over the world to remote communities. And oftentimes I had my children with me. And I discovered that children are such a great passport into the lives of other people because everybody wants to help you with little ones. <laughs> so yeah. I was invited into people's homes and lives, and that set me off on a path of spending a lot of time with indigenous and remote communities around the world. And it gave me a glimpse into, you know, how other people live and where they get their sense of happiness and fulfillment if it's not going to the mall. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> very, very different yeah. view. Can I just jump in there or something? Because you were saying about indigenous people. Whatever. Did you see, was it, it was a new story here about the photo that was taken in Brazil several years ago of the guy who was living on his own or something. And he was yeah, the, last the, of the, the, the last of the Amazons, wasn't it? Yeah, was the last like of, that. yeah. yeah. It's surprising, but there's still a lot of uncontacted tribes in, in Brazil, in the Amazon and in Colombia and Peru. And the government of Brazil, I mean... <laughs> not maybe not this government but previous governments mm. um, did a lot to protect those people from contact they don't want to be contacted and mm. so that's the first thing you learn when you visit remote peoples that they're very self-sufficient that they don't really need uh, you know any of the things that we deem indispensable in our lives mm -hmm. and that they know how to survive uh, they know how to scratch a living from mother earth very very capable very centered in their beliefs and their spirituality and they glean a lot of fulfillment and happiness from that. And, you know, people have lived like that on this planet for thousands and thousands of years. It's only in the last couple of hundred years that we have all the comforts that we enjoy today. Yeah. They're very difficult to give up, of course, but mm. I don't think it's those comforts that make us happy. And we, in a way, have lost a lot of the sense of connection to nature, to community, to language, to our tribe. And I think that makes us really unhappy. So. Uh, yeah in fact that was one of the things i do want to talk to you about i was going to come on to that so can i jump back can i come yeah. back to that because that's something that i'm really interested in as well um but so but i also noticed that you studied fine art photography that was what you that was really what you studied what what made you go down the, the sort of studying the fine art route because we get a low the variety of the people that we get to the show are experienced professionals that have been in the industry for years we get keen hobbyists uh, you know, we, we get we get students, we get a huge sort of variety of people listening. And I think a lot of the people that aren't working photography listen to the show because it's something that think, actually, I'd really like to do photography as a living. How can I carve a career out or something? But but do you, has, did doing fine art benefit what you're doing now 
Yeah, because so many people do it, uh, like they study a certain aspect of photography and end up doing something completely different from that. Yeah. So... I mean, first of all, I don't need to tell you how difficult it is to make a living as a photographer mm -hmm. and you have to be good at doing all sorts of other things to to make the whole puzzle, the financial puzzle work. So becoming a public speaker, becoming um, a publisher, you know, all of these other things. But for me, I, I think I've always been an artist at heart. And as I become older, the way I see myself in retirement is working full time as an artist. Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, and if since the beginning of my career, I look at my photographs cam and I imagine them always printed double page or huge prints on somebody's wall. They have to be beautiful. Yeah. They, they have to compel you to to look at it. I mean, that's just the way I like photography. I really I, I mm. really like that because you know, we're moving away from that, I think, or, you know, so many photographers, it's just about looking at something, uh, you know, on their phone or something. And that's as good as yeah. it ever gets. That's as it's good as it gets, you know, yeah. and, and it's like, uh, okay, I'm going to mark, as you know, we go off top, off topic here. So I'm going to go very slightly off Let's topic. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> it's like the album cover, you know, when you used to buy vinyl <laughs> and you used to buy it yes. for the art, you know, and you, you bought these, these great albums because, you know, because oh, yes. it, it, the image attracted you, the whole artwork on it, you'd open it up and you'd get a double album. Or or, mm. or I remember, uh, what was it? Oh, God, Santana's triple album that opened up. I can't remember what it was called. Yes, it was like, like a flower or something. Yeah, yes. And it was a triple album folder. Mm. Incredible. And all the artwork that was based around it. And that wasn't just photography. It was, it was, it was oh, illustrations true. and that something. Mm. You know, and, and, and now that's gone. You know, obviously the CD, CDs came in and obviously it all got smaller. And yeah. now I'm a huge fan of music, got a big record collection, but now I just download music and, and the colors yeah. don't really interest me anymore. It's such a well, shame. The, the thing about photography that I think is so beautiful and, and for me it was something that attracted me from the beginning is looking at those album covers, looking at, at all life magazines and, you know, looking at an image and working backwards. How did the photographer make that image? What was he or she thinking? You know, what was the toolkit? In, in their mm. understanding of photography that allow for that image to be created. And it's not snapshots, right? I mean, it's not mm. things that you just snap. I mean, there's the whole process of thinking through the final product. For me, that's the beauty of photography. Mm. Mm. Pull, I remember sitting, listening to an album and you'd have the, 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 the cover in your hands and the inner yeah, sleeve. Of hours. And yeah. if you're listening to that record, you get so used to it, but, but you're pouring over the sleeve and it could be yeah. a photo and any of them. And, and such an emotional know. connection, right? Exactly. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but, you know, just, just talk about one more I remember is a Pink Floyd, Wish You Were Here. You know, so it's, it's, the, it's the guy that's shaking hands and one of them's on fire. Yeah. Um, you know, and inside mm. the little and inside that album, see, there was a little postcard in there as well. Yeah. You know, you know the uh, Beatles always had awesome photographs on their... Yeah, yeah, those bands. Yeah. You know, the, and Led was, Zeppelin is another yeah, band. The, yeah. They all did, and and that was that was the that was the beauty in it. And so when you say when you Christina, when you said I, I want to see my pictures mm. big up on a wall, I love that because mm. you know that was that's you know I always find it frustrating because the, the, and, the, and there's another element, Cam. You know, it's making iconic work, and mm. not every photograph can be iconic. I think we just saw mm. some of the Queen, but yeah, making photographs that people remember. So yeah. I was always fascinated, for example, by the Afghan girl. And now I'm good friends yes. with Steve McCurry. But right. when yeah. I say to you, Che Guevara, you know, we all know the photograph I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Napalm, you know, Vietnam. We all know the photograph I'm talking yeah. about. That, yeah. that, that 
element of becoming iconic and unforgettable is something I strive to create in my photographs. And it only works every so often. It's rare. Mm. But also, I think there's two two rules, isn't there? I mean, you got like uh, I can because I did a fine art degree course before I became professional yeah. in, in photography. So all these things that you were saying, it just brings it all back. Um, <laughs> even my foundation course before I went to Unilever as a painter. And he always said you do one yes. mark, one decision, one mark, one decision. And I've and I, I was like, well, I want to be a photographer anyway. So at the time I was like, whatever. But now it's kind of like, no, it you, you can instill that into photography. One setting, one decision. Mark. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Or one positioning, one decision or, or, or whatever it is. Um, and for me, and I remember a lot of a lot of my co-students were complaining, oh, we're not learning about commercial stuff. We're not learning about how to use the camera and lighting. But actually, with the fine art sort of head on, mm -hmm. I think actually it does give you a bit of an advantage because you actually are thinking more conceptually rather than it just being, like you said, just a snap. Um, Absolutely. You know, in the beginning of my career, I went so far as to actually um drawing what i imagined my photograph was going to be and yeah. sometimes it happened and sometimes it didn't but when things came together in a scene and you knew one setting one decision to get yeah. there you know, sometimes you could make it happen yeah absolutely and then there's kind of like the other way where i mean you've got the decisive moment that's another one isn't it that's i mean the cartier bresson yeah, and all that kind there, of stuff. yeah <laughs> Yeah. And those are not quite as planned, obviously. Um, I don't know. I think Lee Fran Freelander may have. I still yeah. think he probably. But you have to have that mindset, you know, the mindset to see the moment. Mm. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And that Has is... it ever happened to you? Uh, because I, I remember, you know, it took a long time to really understand this idea of the settings and what they can actually do for your mm -hmm. art. Yeah. But the first time that you went out there as a photographer with this mindset and you just lose yourself in the day, you don't even remember if you were hungry or you needed to go to the bathroom and you emerge at the end of the day and you're like, where have I been? You know, that, yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's good that you just get lost in the work, don't you? Yeah, because yeah. when, when I find that people say to me, oh, can you give me advice on photography and taking better pictures and that type of thing? You know, I'll say that, look, you might know the camera really well on the technical you might know all about shutter speed aperture go onto youtube and you can watch loads of videos on on, on how aperture works okay and all that mm. however it, you are the one that's creating something no you know so you've got to see something and have the ability to see something and and, and decide when you're going to take that picture where you're going to take it from and we come back to that decisive moment the very second you're going to shoot and if that takes hours in waiting that's something you know mm. nobody else can do that that that's something that you have to learn for yourself you know um and do and um you know the so the technical aspect for me has always come secondary really yeah you, know, you could be great with the technical aspect but I've, but i have no idea actually how to take a good picture yeah yeah you know and, and so. you know what it comes down to cam uh, because the the cameras are so smart now right and if you mm. allow the camera to make all the decisions that's easy photography and anybody can do mm. it but if you get your camera and you blindfold yourself or you lock yourself in a dark closet and you know how to get to all the settings so that you can make all the decisions without looking, you know, your fingers know the magic of your mind and your art and, mm. you know, they do it automatically. You know exactly what you want to get out of the camera. Mm. What about gear? Do you have a preference, first of all, Ron, talking about specifics, do you have a preference for gear brand at all? Are you Canon, Sony, Nikon? we have to ask this by every photographer we have on ambassador you know and i've actually been with sony almost okay. almost 15 years now i think okay. oh, it's been a long time yeah. but for me the camera is just a tool 
and, yeah. and you really yeah. need to learn how to use it. And yeah. uh, I like cameras that are simple to use. I camera yeah. cameras that don't have too many bells and whistles that I don't use. Yeah. I never went down the route of being gizmo oriented. You know, there's mm -hmm. no shortcuts. You have to do the yeah. work. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I just like simple equipment and I don't yeah. like to carry a lot of equipment, especially as I'm getting older. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm the same. I try to yeah. minimize equipment. Actually, I want to pick you up on something actually, because you've just said, <laughs> are you going to disagree with me here? You've just said that you like to keep things simple. Now I've used Sony. Okay. So I'm very much firm believe in the work that I do that if I'm looking for something, I want to, I tend to chop and change with my brands. Like, you know, I've just jumped from Nikon to Canon. I've been a Nikon user for many years. But I've also got Sony because the work that I do and, and, and my company, we do a lot of video work and we use Sony for video. Mm -hmm. Goodness me, Sony have the, the most... The most oh. <laughs> oh, 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 right? that I agree with, Cam. I don't oh, disagree. Oh, oh, yes. Okay. So Nikon, Nikon, I think, has the best menu system. It's the most easily understood menu system. And I always found Canon confusing. Now, Canon's not so bad now, but yes. Sony, Sony's so on, on another level. <laughs> tell you what I mean. So I learned the system and I learned the menu many years ago. Yeah, and I yeah. want to switch. You know, now I know it and I don't want to be, you know, going down the rabbit hole of learning other yeah. systems. So keep it simple. It's just what I know and I know enough. That's right. It's familiarity as well, isn't it? But you're right. Because That's what it is. The camera probably does far more than you actually use. You know, you, you know the oh things that God, you Oh, my God, these machines are complex computers. Yeah. I know. Mm. I get people saying to me, oh, can you look at my camera? Can you tell me what this means? And go through the menu. I'm thinking, I have no idea. Because <laughs> you know, I don't use that bit. What I say to people, I'm like, don't worry about it. Just put it in P for professional. Now, I wanted to um, move on to something slightly different, Mark, unless you've got any more photography sort of related bits. I no, to... I mean, I guess, no, I guess the advice is learn your camera, yeah. understand yeah. what you want to do with it and become an expert at it. Yeah. Mm. Um, now, I wanted to then come back to, you know, we, we just touched on it. You know, you know, we talk about material things and that mm -hmm. type of thing that you were talking about. Christina. So I wanted to... Um, you know because you've got a, you've got a, a statement i think which is on your website saying in enough or oh, this is about your talk enoughness is a sense of fulfillment that comes from within and through our natural environment rather than rather than through material things uh, mm -hmm. and then it goes on to say about being connected you know we need a connected a connect we need to be connected to friends and family to our spirituality to our traditions to our cultures okay which which, which is hugely important and i'm i'm very much a firm believer that, that in this day and age you know, a lot of people, well, we all do, we crave things to buy the next thing and we very quickly become bored with things and then we want the next thing. Uh, we want to upgrade to the next thing. Okay, so it's very Yeah, that pretty much defines you and gear, Cam. I'm it just going to throw right? that one okay. out there. <laughs> yeah, okay. But just generally though, okay, so, and a lot of it is to do with just impressing others and you know what it is, you know, and you yeah. buy something, you get bored with it. Now, and then it comes to phones and this is my key point here because we spoke about this on the last show that we did. Uh, Christina, going back uh, about a week ago, uh, 10 days ago, uh, Coldplay uh, were doing a series of concerts at Wembley Stadium. And halfway through a song, the, the singer, Chris Martin, stopped. And bearing in mind, he's got 80,000 people there at Wembley Stadium in front of him. And he stopped, he stopped the song halfway through and he asked everyone to put their phones away. He said, put, put your phones away. We want, we want connectedness. We want people power he was saying okay and i thought that was that was absolutely fantastic that was a great moment now just before we started just i just stopped just before we uh, did this recording because someone said to me 
just now, I think um, Prince Charles has been greeting the crowds and uh, there was going to be a speaker of some sort. I don't know what it was. I'll find out a little bit later. But they were all asked to put their phones away. This yeah, happened they were. just now a few minutes ago. Just doing um, the lines. And, yeah. and they were saying, put your phones away because this is a moment in history. Mm -hmm. you know, and it's about yeah. it's a be present. About, I know. Yeah. And it's that material thing. You know, people are so yes. in, invested in materialistic things and now they're living their lives through phones. They're living events through phones. And it drives me up the wall. You know, when it, I go somewhere it's and so I see damaging, uh, Cam. I was listening to a another podcast that I really like, uh Brene Brown, when she talks about vulnerability, and she was explaining that all of this comes from a deep sense of shame that we have. We are constantly comparing ourselves to others. Mm. And that means that, you know, we never get to feel like we are enough or like we have enough, you know, how much does he make? How big is his house? You know, what is the next gear that's going to make me look cool? And we have right. this, you know, it's a scarcity mindset. Yeah. So how do we flip that around to say, you know, I am enough and I have enough and it really has to come from within. And I think by putting value on, on things that we can actually control, you know, mm. well, am, am I a good person? How much am I giving back? How much am I connecting to the people that matter to me, to strangers? You know, am I kind? Um, I, I think if we if we put a little bit of effort and I and, and you know, in my talk, I articulated a lot, a lot more in detail. Um, just taking examples from how other people live in, in indigenous communities where they don't have access to any of the toys, right? Mm, and yeah, mm. they seem pretty content and happy. Yes. So, yeah, certainly it's, it's sort of it's the older I get, I, I, you know, that's my thought process more and more, but I feel like I get pulled into it as well, just as much, you know. Oh, it's, it's, you know, it's an affliction, yeah. Oh, it mm. is, that's right, yeah. And um, but you know, I was finding that quite but, interesting. But, but I'll, I'll give you some advice, Cam, because cultivating mm. that sense of enoughness, at least for me, it allows me now to walk through the shopping mall and to say, mm, I like that dress, but I don't need it, I don't need it. And I walk away, you know, and I think that's good for our planet. I think mm. it's this, this mindset that we have, you know, consume more, more, and more, and more that's gonna kill us, mm. yeah. yeah. But it's a throwaway. Um, element of of Western yeah. culture as well, oh, yeah. isn't it? I mean, not even just Western culture. I think it's all developed cultures. I'm guessing. I say developed. Yeah. That's an awful word. But not um, our grandparents, Mark. When our grandparents were, you know, were were our age, they didn't yeah. have this mindset of consumption. It's really fairly new. Yeah. 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 And and I think that the, the phones is the thing. And you know, phones. Yeah. Uh, because you know obviously now more and more uh sort of history is being recorded i think that's a, that's one of the good things about you know like phones and things so we're recording a lot more visually and in images like that which i think which i think is great um mm -hmm. you know but you know there was an article about young people taking uh, lots of photos to preserve memories but i think and i think that's all great and it's all very valid but i think there's a point where people don't know when to put it down and when to put it away you know, that, that, that rules people's cool. lives and exactly. they lose right. the connection. Yeah. I know, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and you know, I feel bad for, for young children today because mm. uh, when my kids were growing up, I mean, I remember I gave my son his first phone when he was probably 14 or 15. Today, children have phones and iPads from, from the moment they're babies. Mm. Yeah, I've seen yeah. two-year-olds open up an iPad just by knowing what to do, and I was like... Ooh. with mastery yeah yeah i know half of you was like wow that's quite impressive and then the other half's like oh i'm not sure if that's good news really not sure no what no. what is it to do to an entire generation of people that are so attached to their phones yeah yeah, yeah. that's right so okay um 
I, I've just got a couple more things. Okay, Christine, I'm going to go off. I'm enjoying this conversation. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm going to go off topic, okay? So I came across an article, okay? And I came across an article, and it was to do with the best pubs around the UK to enjoy a photograph at sundown. And it says that where are the best places to go and take uh, photos and have a drink as well? At the I know, time? I know. Wherever yeah. they have <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. This was actually sponsored by, I'm going to say it, it was sponsored by San Miguel. Okay. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> now, I'm going to ask you your favorite place in a moment. Okay, uh, Christina. But mm-hmm. on the list of places here for those people here in the UK, all right. And now I've been here, okay, Somerset House Terrace Bar, uh, which is in London. It's a riverside terrace bar that offers an excellent pairing, okay, of, of uh, beers on tap, which is uh, a great place where you can go there and great, take great photos as well. I'm just going to mention a couple more. There's a place called the Watering Hole in Cornwall. Uh, which is di- sits directly on the beach and in the middle of Cornwall's finer sands and is great for um, sitting there and having a drink and taking some stunning images as well. And the other one I found that uh, uh, which looks really good, which I, I, I'd quite like to try, is Duke's 92 in Manchester, if anyone knows that. And it says it's a canal side bar. Um, and again, it's on a terrace. Uh, lovely. Views, but the views of the canal at, uh, at sunset are absolutely amazing. Okay. I'll tell you my favorite. Yeah, that was going to be my question. A pub that allows you to sit outside in the summer and yeah. enjoy the summer weather, but where you can retreat in the winter and have the cozy fire. So we have a pub like that here where I live in Vancouver Island. It's called a Rocking Horse Pub, and it's just phenomenal. I mean, it's one of my favorite places to go just because you can sit outside and have a San Miguel. Why not? Yeah, well, and then and then I was actually going to say was, what's your camera of choice, and then what's your drink of choice? Seeing as where the photography bar. So these days, you know, I'm shooting a lot with the A1, Sony A1, and Mm -hmm. the reason I love it is because um, I can shoot topside with it, and it's small and it does great 4K video, but I can also put it in an underwater housing and take it underwater with me. And I don't like to have lots and lots of cameras. I'm past that in my life now. So one camera that does all the jobs i'm the same as well and then drink of choice while you're taking pictures see there you are oh. at a bar you've got this amazing view you take your camera out to get this incredible picture and what drink are you going to order so these days i am fascinated by the variety and diversity of uh, hard seltzer in in cans um vodka soda it's just so nice. few calories and and you know none of the bloatingness of beer so that's actually a good point, actually. It's good. I like, I like the bubbles and I like the, I like the buzz, the bubbles and the buzz. So. <laughs> bubbles and, and the, the guilt buzz, free because like there's right? no ca- little calories in it. I like Very it. Very few, 100 yeah. calories. Hey. <laughs> right, yeah. Bubbles and the buzz. I'm going to remember Isn't that the problem with that, though? If, you, if you're worrying about the calories, you just drink more of them because it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the problem. If you have more than one, then you're hungry and then. <laughs> ah, yeah. You lose all control, Mark. Yeah. But, but I do think that the set of of where you sit down to have a drink matters a lot and having a favorite pub is building that sense of community you know that your neighbors are going to be there you know the waitresses you know the guys in the kitchen i mean i love that yeah Mm. great stuff and (laughs) favorite album cover you got a favorite album cover well you know i'm gonna I had dinner with a friend of mine, uh, Sarah Wayne Kellys, and she was one of the actresses that was in the original Walking Dead. And she lives here in Vancouver Island, and she invited me to dinner last week. She has the most amazing LP collection 
and I'm actually an LP player and I spent quite a bit of time, you know, flipping through her albums and going down memory lane. Mm -hmm. I love the, the cover of uh, the Meatloaf album just because it, um, the first Bad Out of Hell. Yeah, yeah. that's a great yeah. memory. But Pearl Jam recently asked my husband, Paul Nicklin, yeah. to, um, to use one of his photographs on the Gigaton album. Wow. And I ah. think such a powerful statement about climate change and the disappearing of glaciers. So I like that cover too. Fantastic. I yeah. like the, the uh, front cool. cover of their first album, 10, which is a great front cover. Yeah. But uh, yeah. anyway, right. Okay. So, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, just shout out again to the photography show to get tickets. Yes. Um, come and see me. Yeah. Yes. So, and, and just so you know, Cam, I advocated for beer to be served during my presentation. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. And we'll be doing the same as well. So, yeah. <laughs> so, guys, if you want to get tickets, go on to the photography show website um, and you can get your tickets from there. Tickets for the entry to the show are generally $14.95 unless you're uh, in the industry where you can uh, uh, add your details and get uh, 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 free tickets. And then Christina is part of the masterclass speakers as well. So check out everything on the website there. You'll see Christina's name listed as uh, well as well as Roberta, who we had on the show last week as well, who's, yeah. uh, who's um, uh, going to be talking there as well. But loads of things going on. Remember, there's all the gear that you can have. You can walk away. Uh, that's always the best place to get great deals. I always think mm. the show is going to be the best place. So we're going to be armed with taking away loads of things. So, Christina, you're not very materialistic, but I'm going to see how much you buy it. No, yeah. but you get to <laughs> Fellow photographers, and you know, in talking to other photographers, you learn so much. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, come to my talk and learn how to find yeah. the sense of purpose in your photography. Yeah, definitely. yeah. So, just to confirm that, so Christina is uh, talking on the 17th of September. Um, it starts at quarter past one in the afternoon. We're, we're not crazy enough to do it in the morning, and uh, yeah, I'd probably suggest getting there a few minutes early so you can get yourself a seat. Yeah. And then we're going to the pub afterwards. And then so. we go we'll to, go the, to pub. the pub. Three. That's right. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> good stuff. Mark, do you want to wrap up? Yes. Uh, well, thanks again, Christina, for being a fantastic guest. Uh, very generous with your remarks and stuff. So thank you very much for that. And just to confirm, Cam, you kind of misspoke um, earlier on. It's not the 17th at all. It's actually on the 18th. So Christina will be at the Super Stage on the 18th of September. That's the Sunday, uh, starting at quarter past one um, in the afternoon, not the morning, because, uh, yeah, we can't do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, I'd probably suggest um, get, getting there a little sooner just so you can get a seat. Thank <laughs> you.